0: welcome into the most accurate podcast i'm anthony Stalzer. john paulson my partner in crime joining me as well welcome to another edition of the most accurate podcast it's john it's already week 3 and I, and i feel like this is the this is the time of year we say oh it's already week 3 can you believe it's like next week it'll be can't believe it's week 4 then 5 i i don't know i don't know why it starts in week 3 but it it seems to be that way how you doing
1: I'm doing good. I think it's it's always funny when the season gets here and everybody's like, "Oh, the season's here!" Can you believe the season's here? And then we get into, right. "Oh, it's this." You know, time just marches on, and uh, we we have no control over how fast or slow it goes. It's just perception to us. So that's some some deep thinking there for you.
0: There you go. I love it. <laughs> uh, we, we will get to the the sleeper John's sleeper of the week. So it's a sleep sleeper sneaky start of the week. We're gonna break down some of the Thursday night football storylines, and of course. This week's biggest fantasy storylines. John will kind of walk us through his his thoughts on perhaps some of the the, the bigger roster issues that people might be facing right now, uh, pertaining to week three. But let's get into Thursday. John's Thursday night takeaways. John, a dealer's choice. Do you want to start with the Browns side of things, the winner side? Or do you want to start with Pittsburgh?
1: Let's talk about the uh, talk about the Browns.
0: All right. So we'll, we'll start off with the winners of last night. Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 31, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and the Browns' 29-17 victory over the Steelers. He added three carries for 11 additional yards. Pretty efficient night. I don't know how many people started Jacoby Brissett in their year-long league unless they're dealing with uh, maybe an injury. Um, beyond that, it, it, your typical uh, – for the most part, your typical stat line, Scream Hunt rushed, for, rushed 12 times for 47 yards. Caught three passes for an additional 14 yards. Cooper, actually, you know, Amari Cooper was the, the star for the Browns. Seven catches on 11 targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. And Nick Chubb rushed 23 times for 113 ta- for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, David Njoku, I, th- I thought, I, you know, obviously had a big night as well, John. Nine catches on 10 targets for 89 yards and, and a touchdown. What, what surprised you and what was pretty predictable from the Browns side of things last night?
1: Well, I think if you look at the box score, it's this is about as good as you could hope for. Looking at the Browns' offense from a fantasy perspective, with with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and not Deshaun Watson, uh, like you're getting 113 yards out of Chubb with a touchdown. Uh, Cooper, as you mentioned, was 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 great. That's the second straight good game for Amari Cooper, and then Njoku had the breakout performance that we were sort of hoping for for him, and maybe this leads to more although it did sound like Kevin Stefanski said that uh, the coverage was just dictating his production. Um, They really like him as a run blocker. So we don't know if this is going to translate into a larger weekly role, but I think heading into the season, um, it really looked like this team was headed towards Cooper as the number one on target. And then maybe Njoku had a chance to be the number two. And that's what you want with your fantasy tight end is to find somebody that's a top two option in their, in their offense and the way that this, Cleveland um, receiving corps sort of set up it's that that number two jobs up for grabs uh, Donovan, Donovan people Jones was the guy in week one he had double digit targets and just has been really quiet since um, and then you know Harrison Bryant I think it looks like he took a backseat uh from a production standpoint and uh and Joko took all those tight end yards so yeah, I think the only people that are probably disappointed are Kareem Hunt uh, owners and, uh, or I should say, managers, and uh, he still ended up with 61 total yards, three catches, which is about his average since joining uh, the Browns. I mean, that's he averages about 60 to 70 yards, and he just didn't get his touchdown like he usually does. He more than half the time he gets a touchdown, so uh, pretty good outing, I think, from the from the Browns' standpoint. If you have any of these players uh, out there today or this week,
0: all right. So moving over to Pittsburgh. The the stat lines for Najee Harris, you know, 15 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, the game kind of dictated, you know, once the Steelers started to fall behind, obviously Najee Harris his, his role started to decrease. He also had three receptions for five additional yards. Deontay Johnson continues to be, you know, the the main guy for Mitchell Trubisky. Eight eight catches on eleven targets for 84 yards. Pat Fryermuth had kind of a quieter night, based on what he did in the previous previous weeks. He only had two catches for forty-five yards. But I, to me, the the storyline, whether it's fantasy or otherwise, is that Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is just he, I guess, he's Mitch Trubisky. I mean, twenty of thirty-two for two hundred and seven yards, zero touchdowns. And he did have a rushing touchdown, which I, I quite frankly, I thought that he was he was down. Um, not that you could over maybe not not overturn it, but but my main point, I guess, is that John, even the, the great thing that Mitch Trubisky did last night was was questionable, uh, <laughs> six point five yards per attempt, and and that came even when George Pickens made an absolutely sensational catch. I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to see one better outside of Odell Beckham's one-handed grab, um, but with him twisting and turning, that 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 catch was darn near improbable, and he made it. I thought that we'd see more out of the rookie uh, George Pickens, but. You know, again, aside from the incredible catch, but it's just been all Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth in this offense. But I do wonder when we see Kenny Pickett, John.
1: Yeah, and I would say you just kind of looking at the Steelers' record; they're one and two right now, and you wonder when does when do they press the panic panic button and decide that we need to try to save the season? And uh, Mitch Trubisky's not getting it done, uh, and we need to take a look at the at the rookie. Usually, it's week three or four. Uh, that 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 a highly drafted rookie will start uh his make his first start if he doesn't start the season um probably a little bit more patient um i don't know if it'll happen this week but uh you know if they go one and three uh one and four then you would think that they might need to you know press the eject button had <laughs> the, the panic button we now get the eject button yeah. uh I, I think that my takeaway from the steelers is that i mean it's good to see george pickens uh target share grow I mean he'd been really quiet the first two weeks uh had seven targets uh, but just three catches Deontay Johnson is just steady as she goes I mean he just gets open and doesn't seem like the quarterback change is really a- affecting him too much um just a really good player route runner and uh can get open at will and I said in the preseason quarterbacks tend to like players that can get open at will and then Freermuth you mentioned him at halftime. I think I don't think he had a catch, so it was nice to see him get involved second half and get forty yards, forty-one yards in the second half. I, I just think you look at this passing game and there's just not enough. There's not enough volume to support Johnson, Pickens, Claypool, and Freermuth as starters, and then also get what you need out of Najee Harris. It's just the offense is not uh, good enough to, to support all those players.
0: All right, let's talk about Week Four's biggest Week Three, excuse me, Week Three's biggest fantasy story story storylines. I want to start off with Christian Kirk. PFF tweeted out that Christian Kirk is a top twelve wide receiver in their receiving grades, yards per route run, yards per reception, and yards after catch per reception through two weeks. Is Christian Kirk for real from a fantasy perspective too?
1: Yeah, I think from a you know looking at it, his role's been his his role's been there. His, his targets did go from twelve in week one to six in week two. You know that's a little bit alarming that you don't want your wide receiver one to have six targets. Uh, but you know, given where you could could have drafted uh, Kirk in the, uh, during the fantasy draft seventh eighth round, he's really really outperformed that uh, six catches in both of his games. Uh, obviously the two touchdowns last week uh, masked any concerns you have about the volume uh, against Indianapolis, but that of course was a game that Jacksonville led uh, the entire way and uh, they really didn't need to throw the whole, the ball, the whole, a whole lot. And I don't know that that's going to be their usual situation the, the Jaguars, they, they tend to have to throw it. So, you know, so, you know, 18 points PPR week one, 26 points PPR week two, he's playing 90% or more of the snaps. And, you know, as a, free agent receiver i you know typically stay away from them you know given my research it's you know unless they get a quarterback upgrade uh and or a role upgrade uh they typically will disappoint relative to what they did the previous season but in this situation i think the quarterback in terms of throwing the ball lawrence has been fine uh, relative to what Kyler Murray did for for Christian Kirk last year. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback that Kyler Murray is, but uh, in just terms of passing, he's been fine. And then, obviously, nine targets per game is, is a role upgrade for him. He's the wide receiver one in that offense, and he's just unquestioned in terms of uh, what his weekly workload would be, and they're using him in good ways. So uh, I think he's a, he is a player that's for real. He's moving into the mid to high – High-end wide receiver two rankings pretty much every week.
0: One player that is for real, we know it because of his rookie his rookie campaign is Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts. However, if you drafted Kyle Pitts and you felt great about it because you landed one of the tight ends that was going to be productive in fantasy this year, you're obviously disappointed. He's got four catches for 38 touchdownless yards, so zero scores thus far for Kyle Pitts. Arthur Smith, head coach and play caller, said that Kyle Pitts, you know, of Kyle Pitts, the ball the ball will find him. But Drake London has been Marcus Mariota's go-to guy. They, they continue to kind of spread the ball around to, to other players. I, I can't imagine, John, that Kyle Pitts will continue to post such you know, alarmingly poor fantasy numbers. But the fact does remain that Marcus Mariota is looking early and often to uh, Drake London, the rookie out of out of USC. Unless they make a, a quarterback change, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, uh, are you concerned about Kyle Pitts' production in this offense?
1: I mean, I've definitely been concerned with the results so far. I, I you know, he's got the six most air yards per game at, at the position, so that's not too alarming. I mean, the, the fundamentals are there; they're at least looking for him. Uh, the target, the targets aren't great five five per game, but he had seven in week one and three in week two. And this is one of those situations where. You know, you look at a player heading into the season and you see the quarterback change and it can either be good or bad for the player. I think, you know, coming in, we looked at this Atlanta team uh, with Matt Ryan leaving. Matt Ryan has a history of, you know, targeting his tight ends pretty consistently and coming off the 1,000-yard season, it would have been preferable for for Pitts if he had stayed in place as opposed to having Marcus Mariota come in because it sort of changes the dynamic of the offense, and then on top of that, you add Drake London, the number one receiver in the draft, and he is, you know, turning out to be the real deal. So there's a couple of things working against Pitts right now. I, I think they'll get it sorted. I think he's too good. I don't think, I mean, Arthur Smith's saying, talking about he's not playing fantasy football, he's, he's trying to win games, and just the insanity, that statement, uh, not understanding or just glossing over the fact that Kyle Pitts can help you. Win games. I mean, he, dra- <laughs> he, he drafted him very early in the first round for that Seriously. reason. You don't, you don't want him to be a decoy or a blocker. Uh, the reason you drafted him is for him to catch passes downfield. Right. So I think this gets sorted. And I think the more that the reporters are asking him about it, the he'll, he'll subconsciously or consciously uh, try to get him going and get him more involved as a, as the season wears on because he can't, you know, just sustain this low usage for Pitts when he's the number two. Uh, I think, you know, we we were coming in thinking he might be the number one or the number two option in this offense. I think it's clear that he's probably number two. But, I mean, who's number three? I mean, Patterson maybe. Uh, You know, it's like they just don't have a whole lot of talent after those two players. So, long story short, uh, you know, New Orleans, Rams, two pretty good defenses. You're getting into Seattle, Cleveland, uh, you know, Tampa. They can't really run against, so maybe they'll throw more. Uh, Maybe there's a little stretch here where he, he can get it going.
0: Yeah, I mean Brian Brian Edwards. They acquired him in the offseason. You know, Zacchaeus, they have, but he's kind of more of a the deep threat. It, it's you got to get Pitts involved. To your point, who who else outside of Drake London and and Patterson? Who else? Who else do you have to throw to now? Uh, P- Pitts did have kind of a slow start last year, and then he caught fire. So maybe maybe we'll see a repeat of that, John. And as a Kyle Pitts owner uh, or Kyle Pitts uh, manager, I, I I hope that's the case. Michael Gallup might be returning soon. I'll, I'll read you a couple of quotes here. Mike McCarthy discussed wait, you know, the, the, the Cowboys' decision to waive Dennis Houston. He said it's never easy to release a player, especially in season like that, but Gallup will have every opportunity, quote-unquote, to get ready to play Monday versus the Giants, seeing full slate of practice reps this week. Again, Michael Gallup, according to McCarthy, will take full, the full slate of reps Monday night looks like a good possibility that Michael Gallup could return from that ACL injury, John. But from a fantasy perspective,
1: how how much do you think he'll be involved game one? I wouldn't want to start him week one. This is a long layoff, player coming off the long layoff, and just want to, I think, ramp him up. I mean, there's there are, have been cases where a player comes off of a long Uh, recovery like this and plays well and is a productive fantasy starter, but it's far and few between and just don't have a whole lot of confidence, especially uh, with this game being on Monday night and maybe he's a late scratch and now you're stuck. Uh, So I think when you look at Gallup, I think he's definitely worth adding if he's available on the waiver wire, Uh, you know, heading into the season, we were thinking, you know, Lamb is the number one option. Gallup is the number two, maybe Jalen Tolbert is number three uh Tolbert has been a healthy scratch uh and it's been Noah Brown who really since training camp has earned himself a role so you know once Dak Prescott gets back they have a pretty dangerous receiving core there if everybody's healthy and they can get Dalton Schultz back I mean that's a pretty good looking offense I think you know it's questionable whether or not Gallup will be the number two or the number three based on the way that Brown is playing honestly uh it's going to take a little time for for Gallup to get back to where he was I mean in in as a 23-year-old in 2019, he had 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. That was pre-C.D. Lamb, I believe. And then when Lamb uh, and Cooper were in the offense, he had 843 yards, five touchdowns on 59 catches. So I think somewhere in between those two uh, ranges, and you're talking like 53 yards per game to 79 yards per game, that's sort of the range for for Gallup as the number two option. And if he's the number three option, he's probably going to be closer to that 52, 53 yards per game Uh mark that he was hitting in 2020 once he's fully healthy again he's got to get back into shape and get used to running all these routes and then the other thing that you have to think about is Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush I mean there's a big difference there in quality of quarterback uh I did say last week that maybe things when the wheels wouldn't fall off the offense with Cooper Rush at quarterback and he did actually acquitted himself pretty well um but he's not Dak Prescott in terms of type of upside that he has on a weekly basis you know supporting Fancy receivers. So, um, you want Dak back? You want Gallup with his legs under him before you really want to run run Gallup out there.
0: I'm a proud Central Michigan alum. So Cooper, I'm a I'm a Cooper Rush fan, John. I'm Not surprised that a, that a fellow Chippewa is going to fight. You know, even with Dak Prescott out. So nice job, Cooper Rush. Let's talk about some injuries now. Alvin Kamara will start. We'll start with him. He did not play obviously last week. He, he got in a limited workload in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I like to remind people that John and I are recording this on Friday morning, so we don't have the full Friday practice report to to look at. So it's just something to keep in mind. But Alvin Kamara, back-to-back, limited practices Wednesday and Thursday. The Saints do have the early game in Carolina on Sunday. Two question, two-part two question for you. One, do you think Alvin Kamara plays? And two, if he's playing, he's got to be in your lineup, right?
1: Uh, probably. I, I think heading into the season, I was a little low on him due to the splits. That he's seen in terms of his uh, touches uh, with uh, Mark Ingram active, his 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 touches have decreased. Uh, whenever Ingram has been been healthy, we also have the kind of a quarterback change with with Winston. You can't really trust his his uh, production that he had with Drew Brees versus Winston. It's two different quarterbacks. They they have different plans for the, where the balls needs to go. <laughs> uh, uh, Breeze is very happy to check it down to. Kamara, uh, whereas Winston you know, did target uh, Kamara four times in that first week. Uh, but he only had you know, 12 touches. I don't know if he left that game with this rib injury. Uh, I didn't watch that game specifically, but a little bit limited against Atlanta, which is a, a team that he should really be having one of his better games of the season against. So uh, I think the big concern is that Ingram, you know, vultures some touchdown uh, red zone stuff. They've got uh, Taysom Hill for that as well Uh, so you may not see the touchdown upside as a runner with Kamara and then of course the receiving core is a lot better than it's been uh, in recent years you Michael Thomas back after a long layoff and Chris Olave looks like the real deal and of course Jarvis Landry who just will get six or seven targets every game we just know it you can book it (laughs) you (laughs) may not want it uh, but he's he's going you know, he's going to be uh, pretty involved as the slot receiver so um does he have to be in your lineup no i think he profiles to me right now as a you know mid to high range uh, rb2 uh just because he's not you know guaranteed that 18 20 touch workload that we've seen him ex- when he gets that sort of workload he's a top 5 back but uh i don't think that you know especially now he's got this rib injury that they're really going to load him up uh like that when uh you know they've got Ingram and a couple other running backs there. All
0: right, John, let's let's go through some injury roundabout. I'll throw a bunch of names at you and just talk about kind of where they are right now in the week and then you can give us your thoughts. But Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert both limited on in practice over the last couple of days. Now they have the late game on Sunday. Jerry Judy did not practice on Thursday after suffering, you know, the injury last week and that that went over the Seahawks. The Sunday night football game is Denver so KJ Hamler might be back this week. Um, Michael Pittman limited early; he did not play last week for the Colts. That's a that's an early game for the Colts this week. Gabe Davis looks good to go, and that and the Bills play early as well as they got that big matchup against Miami. And then Hunter Renfro did not practice with the concussion, and 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 he's a an early game with the Las Vegas Raiders. So the the names there. If you can kind of give your thoughts on the, the you know the the handful of names I just threw at you for fantasy managers and how they want to kind of handle things when it comes to those guys.
1: Yeah, I think it it, it comes down to the confidence level that you have in these players coming back uh, and starting them through an injury. You know, Keenan Allen, I thought, might miss multiple weeks with this hamstring injury. So if he does play, I think I'll have him ranked below Mike Williams this week. Uh, Justin Herbert, our, our injury expert, Adam Hutchison, uh, doesn't think he's going to play. He thinks this is he's going to miss a game. But he has been throwing at practice and is listed as day-to-day, although that's team speak, and uh, Adam says that's team speak for week-to-week. Week. So we'll see if, if Herbert's able to play. Um, I think we'll probably know that with the overnight news update from Adam Schefter, Ian report. But you know, if you're heading into Sunday morning and you don't know if Herbert is going to be active, then I would seriously consider you know, a pivot that's either late game pivot, uh, or just, you know, starting somebody in the early games that you have confidence in because it's, uh, you know, tough injury to play through, but he, you know, he did towards the end of the game play pretty well. Uh, as for the Broncos, I I don't think that Jerry Judy's going to play. I certainly wouldn't want to wait on him, uh, to Sunday night, unless I had a really good pivot. Uh, it looks like Pittman will be back. Um, we'll see. I think I'm really interested to see what they do with Ashton Doolin. Uh, They have this weird receiving core where they have Paris Campbell, who everybody raves about, but then he doesn't, when he gets into games, doesn't earn any targets. Uh, They have Alec Pierce, who's a little raw, but has great speed. Uh, They drafted him fairly early and they want him to get him involved. And they've got this guy, Ashton Doolin, that all he does when he gets out there is catch passes. Uh, it's like the old Chris Carter quote where all he does is catch touchdown passes. <laughs> uh, no, it's not touchdown passes for for Dulan, but um, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. Uh and has his yards per route run has been uh solid. And and I, I tweeted it out that uh, you know, what should happen is Dulan is the wide receiver two for the, the Colts. And I said what probably won't happen is Dulan is the wide receiver two for the Colts. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I picked him up in a couple leagues and uh I'm sitting on him right now. We'll see. Gabe Davis. Fine to start him in his first game back. You don't want to bench him. He's uh, obviously looked good in the week one uh, and just destroyed uh, KC uh, in the playoffs and just down the stretch last year looked great. So I think he's if he's good to go, he's good to go. And uh, Hunt for Renfro. Uh, that was a wild finish to that um, Cardinals uh, Raiders game. He hit a rough he had a rough last yeah. drive there. He, yeah, that was he a rough a sequence. Count, yeah. Uh, so if he's out. Uh, you know, I think it's Matt Collins uh, is one of these guys that's been around the league for a while and he's been, you know, playing a lot of snaps. He would be, if he's out, if Renfro's out, I think Matt Collins is a bit of a sneaky start. I wouldn't feel a whole lot of confidence starting him, but, you know, as a third option to Devante and Darren Waller, if if Devonte doesn't see the 17 targets that he saw in week one and they do any sort of job uh, of limiting him, then, He's got to throw to somebody else, and I think it'll be Waller and and, and Holland. So, um, that's where I'm at in those players right now. Again, you got to pay attention over the weekend for updates, but uh, you can kind of have a you kind of a feeling based on you know today and the news that comes out today whether or not they're going to play
0: you just mentioned your sleepy you, you you just mentioned your sneaky starts and of course that segues perfectly to the sleeper sneaky start of the week it's this is John's favorite sneaky start of the week it's brought to you by sleeper and sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry and you can head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today as John and I can both attest to we use the app it's it's easy to use we draft with sleeper the last couple of years have, our our uh, league for John and I have been done has has been done and handled through Sleeper and um, to me it's it's more user friendly than a lot of the other fantasy football websites that that uh, host year long leagues. I really enjoyed and know John you you do as well. But uh, we're we're big fans of Sleeper.
1: Yeah, a great site to host. And I just want to know what the over under is on the week where you're not going to say the word sleepy as you're I, trying to. get Trying to get into this segment, You know it's what's so funny? hard. It is sleeper, sneaky start of the week, but you know you've said sleepy the first two it's weeks. Sleepy. What is the over/under on that, Anthony? Oh man, I think
0: I've cut down though. I think last week I said it
1: three, A four, times. five
0: times. I think today has only been two. So You're, you know, by, you by, by right week eight, yeah, by week eight, I fi- I figured to have this right. Oh my god! All right, so uh, the, all right, so so my yes. Go ahead. my
1: sleeper sneaky start of the week is Miles Sanders. I. Maybe he's not that sleepy, but I also sleepy. Sleepy, Maybe he's not that sneaky. I got you. Doing uh, it. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he's gotten off to a good start. I've I've actually been happy to see his usage and just his play because it was just kind of a weird off season for him. He's telling dra- you know fantasy owners not to draft him. He doesn't want to hear it from draft fantasy owners, um, and a lot of people didn't. I ended up with him in our league, Anthony, and I'm going to start him this week. Uh, nice matchup this week against the Commanders. They've uh, given up. 191 uh total yards and a touchdown through two oh no he, he's been uh producing 191 total yards and touchdown through two games the commanders have yielded 155 total yards 6.8 yards per carry uh, to opposing backfields uh through two games so really nice matchup and this philly offense just looks like it could be a juggernaut and even if he's not getting a lot of goal line carries or a lot of touchdowns as a runner he's going to fall into the end zone a couple times. Uh, over the course of the season, he did get a touchdown in week one. Uh, There's two other backfield touchdowns in week one. But, you know, he may, he may not have that weekly top top upside as some of the bell cow backs, but he's a talented player and has uh, been producing through two weeks, has a great matchup.
0: All right, let's get into one of my favorite segments that we do each each and every week. And we've done this now for a couple of years. It's it's John's sneaky starts. If you go to 444.com, you can see the entire list. And I always want to make sure that I highlight this because if you're just watching this, this uh, on YouTube, which we appreciate, thanks for listening, thanks for watching. But if you just do this, you're only getting a small snapshot of players that John considers to be sneaky starts for week three. If you go to 444.com and you're a subscriber, you, not only are you going to get John's rankings each and every week, you're going to get his sneaky starts article, and, it, and it's a list of players at uh, the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions that he views to be sneaky. You know, guys, guys that could go off that maybe you're not thinking of. And I mention it every week. I, I typically go to that article first when I'm kind of setting some some DFS lineups and looking for guys. That are going to be lower costs that uh, John feels feels as though could could you know outperform what maybe their projections are. So with without further ado, John, one of the quarterbacks that you like this week is a uh, is a guy that we talked about earlier. It's Marcus Mariota going up against Seattle.
1: Yeah, he's been pretty good uh, this year. And this is this is a list of guys that are you know pop out from the rankings as being ranked uh, they're being ranked higher than usual. Due to either nice matchups or and or uh, injury situations and i'm really excited i just want to preview this is that next next week is afpa week that's our adjusted fantasy points allowed week where we start using uh data from 2022 instead of using the data from last season and that it's an exciting time because we now have that fresh data and can can look at these matchups a little more closely uh, but Mariota uh, you know has a nice matchup against the Seahawks. They've given up 17 point8 fantasy points to Wilson and Russell Wilson in week one. Uh, they gave up an, a combined 19 point two to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo last week. And, and Mariota has been pretty competent, 16 point6 points per game through two weeks from a fantasy standpoint. He is willing to run the ball. Uh, that obviously gives him a little bit of a floor. they They aggressively ran him in week one. Uh, if they get back to that or perhaps uh, he takes off and you know gets you 20 thirty yards rushing, then that gives you that floor that you're looking for. And, and I think Seattle is probably a team that will give up a, a, touchdown, a touchdown or two through the air. Some of the wide receivers that
0: you like, Brashad Perryman and Russell Gage. Brashad Perryman, uh, and he caught a touchdown last week. Russell Gage was one of the Buccaneers' free agent pickups from Atlanta, and both guys are going against your Packers.
1: Yeah, uh, I have a, actually a long list of receivers this week that kind of popped, but uh, my, I just picked my last two guys in the list, which is which are Perryman and Gage, and they sort of their their upside sort of depends on the status of Julio Jones, who's uh, we don't know yet if he's practicing today. Uh, was a, I think he was limited on Friday last week and was a sc- scratch. Mike Evans has lost his suspend, suspension appeal, and as a Packer fan, I'm really sad that Mike Evans isn't going to play. In this game (laughs) Uh, but that's good that statement's going to come back to bite me because I'm (laughs) touting uh, Perryman and Gage here Perryman had a touchdown last week uh, three for 45 and a touchdown five targets Uh, Gage has not been real good so far seven for 41 and eight targets in in two games but I think this is a situation where they're going to need him uh, and he's still sort of getting over maybe he's just getting over that hamstring uh, preseason injury so The Packers' defense is pretty good, but um, you know Tom Brady has to throw to somebody. They're not going to go; they might go run heavy, but they're not going to go super run heavy when they got Brady. And uh, they're going to need to throw the ball some in this game. And I think those two players are worthy of spot starts if you're a little banged up at receiver. All
0: right, we wrap things up with Logan Thomas, tight end, who's going to face the Eagles. And as you can see from our graphic here, the the Eagles have struggled against tight ends thus far, John.
1: Yeah. And Thomas is a player that was really uh, flying under the radar all preseason because he's coming off this injury and we weren't sure that he'd be ready for week one or really really be out there and looking good in September. And he looks good in September. He's being used quite a bit in this offense. He's fourth in air yards at his position and has posted back to back games of at least uh, three receptions and five plus targets. So it's been a consistent. Uh, I mean, obviously, this Carson Wentz led passing attack has been better than what we've uh, expected as well. So uh, you know, as we were chasing some of these breakout tight ends, uh, these young guys in those 10 to 14 round range, you know, Thomas is just sitting there as a player that you probably should have been drafting. Cause he looks like he's back to his low end tight end one type numbers, which we could see this coming, but also at the same time uh, heading in, like we knew he had the talent to do this or at least be, uh, you know, an every week starter at the position, but you know, given Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson, a healthy Curtis Samuel, there was some question about whether or not he'd have enough targets in order to support it, but the Washington uh, commanders have thrown the ball enough uh, and once has been good enough to, to support it. So he's got a nice matchup against the Eagles, who were 30th in adjusted fantasy points a lot of the tight ends last year. Um, they've given up an average of 10.9 half PPR points to Minnesota and Detroit tight ends. Uh, so this is, you know, when you have those, these really good corners, uh, sometimes the quarterbacks kind of shy away from throwing it at them and, and start, start to target the running backs and the tight ends uh, across the middle of the field. So that might happen this week with uh, Logan Thomas. All right.
0: Well, that'll do it for week three's edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. You can see at the bottom of the graphic page here that you can follow John at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Make sure that you check out 444.com for all of John's rankings. He updates them throughout the, the, the weekend based on injuries and latest information that, that might be coming out on Sunday to get you prepared for. Uh, your fantasy leagues, when it comes to John's sneaky start articles, uh, DFS articles, betting articles. I mean, you, you can find everything at 444.com and the information is outstanding to get you ready for the entire weekend. Uh, John, I always look forward to recording the podcast with you and we'll see you next Friday. Sounds good. Week three, here we come. There we go. That'll do it. Appreciate everybody listening and watching and watching. This is the most accurate podcast.